Welcome to Season 4, Episode 42 of the Family Travel Australia podcast. We are Katie, Paul and Jasper from the Feel Good family. Join us as we explore this great country, Australia, its people, places and cultures. Welcome back to another week. Yes, welcome to the Family Travel Podcast, where we share the latest in RV industry news, road trip travel, camping and caravanning, product reviews, where to go, what to do, and so much more. Thanks for joining us. I tell you what, this week is huge. We visit Cossack, a remote ghost town that is alive with history. We camp off grid at Settlers Beach. We check out options on grade water tanks, our upgrade with our lithium batteries is reviewed. Mm-hmm. Jasper, unfortunately, visits the local remote hospital. Mm-hmm. Ouch. And in the newsroom, we discuss the upcoming summer holidays and getting your RV serviced. Yes, we have a jam-packed episode for you this week. Let's get into it. Okay. Cossack. Well, I tell you what, this is a place that is about 1,500 kilometres Northwest of Perth, about 800 kilometres down the road from Broome, to give you an idea geographically of where it sits. Basically, you couldn't get a more remote location on the west coast of Australia. In fact, it was the first town to be settled north of Perth back in 1863. And what a find! Yes, it is a little hidden gem. Now, it mm. forms part of the city of Caratha, which is the main hub in this particular area of Australia's northwest. But Cossack is just this tiny little town, indeed often referred to as a ghost town, yet really alive and bustling and open to tourists to come and soak up not only the natural beauty that Cossack offers, but its incredible history that has been lovingly restored. What a fantastic place. Look, as we get around the country and we find these little towns, it actually reminded me a lot of the work they're doing at Milparinka. Yes, in uh, outback New South Wales. Yeah, and it really comes down to a handful of people, like two or three people that are so dedicated to restoration, history, opening these stories up and reminding Mm. people of our heritage. You know, without these storytellers, I don't think these places would survive. Yeah, you're right, Paul. And look, our our backgrounds and our history for many, many years before we hit the road was working with the National Trust of Australia in Queensland. And so we have been in and around this heritage space for many years. What blew us away about Cossack was how open and accessible yeah. it is. They have incredibly beautiful restored buildings there that you are able to get in and around and touch and feel and see and experience, which is generally a no-no when you're visiting places like this. That's right. It it truly is most of these places will be under lock and key mm. or by admission only, uh, you know, a fee with a tour guide. Yeah. But to be able to basically self-walk and self-guide you through this township is pretty cool. They have two different trails. One is a walking trail and one is a self-drive trail that gets you a little bit further around the actual township. 
the buildings, as you say, have been beautifully restored. Mm. Uh, there's old jail with the barracks and the police quarters. Uh, there's a wonderful museum that really showcases and interpretates the history, the culture. Mm. I mean, there's been some really dark history in this this little town as well. Yes, there has. In fact, it once was home to a turtle soup factory. Yeah, I don't know. It doesn't really make me go, oh, turtles. I'd like to try that in a soup. Well, I guess back in the day, you know, wow. it was a an easy and popular way for for keeping everybody fed. <laughs> they were actually exporting over to the UK. They got a little bit of a taste for turtle. There you go. In the UK. Look, it does have a really rich history. Of course, it was a major port back in the mid-1800s and brought in many, many people coming to seek their fortune with the gold rush that was happening up in Australia's northwest. And... The remnants of that are, are still so alive within the town and whether you're in an RV or not, you can come and experience Cossack. They have set it up to welcome travellers of any yeah. style to come and immerse yourself in this little town. Yeah, look, there's an art gallery on site and you can purchase in their, their little retail area artwork, produce products from the surrounding area and also from the Indigenous culture that is in this area, which mm. is pretty cool. The standout for us was really the cafe. Oh, yes. Fantastic cafe. Yeah, it's really well run as well. They have a, a roster of travelling nomads and uh, quite often grey nomads that can come and work here and be paid. Mm. It's not a volunteer job to help with the kitchen and preparing the food and it really was a standout experience. Absolutely beautiful. And, of course, sitting across from the water, looking out mm. over the beautiful landscape that is Cossack as well. I mean, everything about this place is just so fantastic. Of course, the highlight for us was being able to spend three days camping in one of the two campgrounds that they have available for fully self-contained RVs. In that, you do need to, of course, have your own bathroom and toilet facilities mm -hmm. on board, but you also need to be able to catch your grey water. And this has really been the first place for us in our travels that mm. is very strict on that particular part of it. And unless you do have a grey water tank of some description, you are unable to camp here at Cossack. Look, when we heard about this place... We were like, ah, what a bummer, we're not going to be able to stay because we didn't and we don't have a grey water tank installed. So a quick Google later, we looked up and down the West Coast to see if we could find one, get one sent. Very fortunately, the only grey water tank portable system that we found was available in South Headland. Yes, that's right. Yeah, it was actually a marine and caravan service centre and the guy said, yeah, I've got one. and so I said, put it aside. We got there. It's a 40-litre Fiamma is the brand. I believe it's a European brand. And it was $289. Now, when the guy first told me how much it was, I was like, wow, are you sure? It seems quite expensive. In hindsight, and now that we have it and we've used it and it allowed us to access this incredible location, I think it is going to be great value. 
Yeah, look, and what it's done for us, and we will get back to Cossack in a moment because there's so much more goodness to share with you about our camping experience, but just on the grey tank, and perhaps this is something that we can discuss in an upcoming podcast, Mm. but what it has done is really made us look into the pros and cons of having a grey water tank installed on your rig versus some sort of portable portable grey water tank. And it's really interesting reading both sides of this story that is um, evolving, I suppose, Mm. as the regulations here in Australia do evolve with particularly free camping and, and national park camping and things like that as well. So, I'm sure we'll have a good discussion about that in an upcoming podcast. Look, that's a great idea. Uh, the thing that I think is always awesome about problems, you know, like a grey water tank, the pros and cons, is that someone really clever, innovative, is going to solve this problem mm. and make the grey water system, how we catch it, how we dispose of it, a much better solution. I- I'm sure it, it has to improve and as you said there is or it seems to be that there is going to be some legislation that comes into play about RV and travellers having some sort of catchment for grey water. Mm, really interesting and yes looking forward to, yeah, keep you to posted. seeing that. All right back to our campsite now there are actually two different campsites that are part of the Cossack township. One is called Butcher's Inlet Mm-hmm. And it looks out over the beautiful inlet and out towards the ocean. Mm -hmm. Stunning. And then there is Settlers Beach, which is where we decided to stay. And that was mainly because you are literally in the sand dune. You are right on the beach. There are only four sites. Mm -hmm. You're allowed to stay for a maximum of three nights. Mm -hmm. $20 a night. (laughs) I mean... Truly for $20 a night for a van, Mm -hmm. you know, no matter how many kids you're you're travelling with you, is pretty incredible. There is a caretaker, Reese, a lovely young guy who is an absolute stiggler. The first thing he comes and and checks is, well, he says hello, checks that you actually have a booking, and then checks that you have a correct grey water set up. Uh, yeah, they're not going to let you get away with that. No, but what a great job Reese is doing mm-hmm. in managing Cossack and mm-hmm. making it open and accessible for people to come in with their caravan or motorhome and enjoy this beautiful space. Mm-hmm. I loved that we had a full sand dune. We opened our caravan door and stepped out onto the deepest sand, I think, we've ever camped on. Mm. It was so fantastic. Jasper spent three days basically turtling around underneath the awning in the sand dune. It was just beautiful. And, of course, because we are up on the northwest, we have those huge tropical tides, which meant there was miles and miles of beach to explore on low tide Mm. and walk out on a really beautiful spot. Look, the sites are actually quite tight. Mm. Uh, I'm surprised that they haven't attempted to make them larger. In saying that, once you're actually set up and because you are in the sand and you have an uninterrupted view, I mean, you are, as we say, right in the sand dune, mm-hmm. you, you actually get over that really quickly. Mm. But it is tight. And in fact, I think site number four... Yes you'd probably only want to have about a 
you know, 16-foot van or... Mm. or a little or, camper van. Yeah, or. something a lot smaller to be able to fit into that site. Mm. But mm. talk about peace and quiet. Absolutely Just beautifully quiet at stunning. night. Mm. There was three vans, ourselves included, when we camped there, and mm-hmm. it was very, very quiet. It felt very, very safe. Yeah. And we had really fantastic Telstra phone and internet reception as well. It, it surprises us, you know, the the varying degrees of service that we, we get or don't get. Mm. You know, we, we mentioned we're in probably one of the most remote locations mm. and you have this incredible signal. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. And then you can walk around a city and be going, ah, I can't, I can't. Can't I send anything? Yeah, it's Amazing. so true. That signal look did definitely come in handy when we had a little bit of an accident whilst we were staying oh in Cossack, partly I think because Jasper was enjoying being a turtle in the sand and scurrying down low mm. um, to stand up underneath the caravan door and split the top of his head open. Or as he referred to it, dunked. Dunked his head. Yes, and it was quite a good one. Mm. Um, and, you know, heads, they bleed a lot. It's not the first time that he's split his head open on something. So we uh, we ummed and ahed about what was the best thing to do. And thankfully, down the road in Roburn, which is only about 10 k's down the road, mm-hmm. is a local hospital. Look, uh, the surprise for us was Jasper's immediate reaction. I mean... You know, his head is literally, there's blood everywhere. And he says, Mum, uh, I think I need you right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like, oh, that doesn't sound good, but mm-hmm. he's uh, quite a brave little soul, isn't he? Well, he's had enough head dunks to uh, <laughs> probably be well-versed in what to do. It's not his first trip to the hospital, that's true, for a, for a head cut. Anyway, as you mentioned, you know, a fairly close trip down to this very remote hospital there were two nurses on duty and a doctor that was knocking off at 4pm and we arrived at, I think, two minutes past four. Mm-hmm. And we walked in, signed in, did all our COVID checks and temperature checks. The place was completely empty. And as is the rest of Cossack just down the road, like something that has just been frozen in time. <laughs> I mean, it is this... Really old school, uh, really sterile feeling of a building. And these three people that had no one else there, no, not another patient in sight. No, it was amazing timing for us. Do you know what the hospital reminded me of? A country practice for anybody <laughs> who used to watch that Aussie show. Had that very old school feeling. But I tell you yeah. what. Amazing, amazing staff, absolutely welcoming, made Jasper feel so super comfortable. I mean, he had the full attention of the two nurses and Dr. Cowart and they uh, they glued his little head up, popped a Band-Aid on and um, I think we actually were there chatting with them longer than, than it took them to actually get him all cleaned up and fixed up. That's right. We were out of there at I think quarter to five, so 45 minutes later, 40 minutes later, but half an hour of that was us hanging around chatting about our travels and travelling Australia (laughs) and Jasper entertaining them. Look, the the crazy part of this story is that they offered him staples, Mm. stutches, sutures, or glue, or or there was a fourth one, do nothing. Mm. And uh, 
as soon as they said, do you want your head stapled? Man, his face, he was just like, no, no, no. Very clear. Look, I don't know who'd put their hand up to get a staple in the head, but I tell you what, we we actually mentioned it on our YouTube episode and we've had a few comments from people saying, I had to have staples in my head and let's just say it's not a friendly thing. And how they get them out? Mm -mm, No, thanks. They said it's like, uh, you know how you go to Officeworks and you see a staple uh, stapler remover mm-hmm. instrument. Yep. They said it's it's that. It's just much bigger. <laughs> oh, no, thank you. Oh, it even makes me feel funny just talking about it. Let's move on. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Look, very, very brave and uh, impressed with his, his little attitude and the way he handled it. And then he was straight back into the sand as soon as we, oh. we got back. And, you know, the doctor said a couple of rules, don't get it wet, you know, and, and try and keep it. Keep him out of the sand. Clean and uh, he literally jumped out of the such a boy the car and straight into a sand dune. Yeah, look, anyway. he was he was happy and healthy and raring to go, and that's the most important thing. That's right. All right. The other thing that we did review while we were here at uh, Settlers Beach, uh, just outside of Cossack, was lithium batteries and an upgrade that we had done uh, back in Darwin. So now mm. two months ago. And that full review is also on our YouTube channel, The Feel Good Family, and you can check that out uh, and really get the detail around how we've tested it and the results. Bottom line, amazing. Awesome. Yeah. Look, I, I don't think you'd really read a bad review about lithium batteries and uh, this incredible technology and and how much it's improved and, and that the prices have come down to where it is now quite affordable, that, you know, they are so lightweight compared to our AGM mm. lead batteries. They're safer. They're smart. <laughs> you know, mm. they have this inbuilt technology that talks to each other to make sure that they don't overheat, um, that they don't discharge uh, or cause a problem and and talk back to your phone via Bluetooth. Mm. Anyway, I won't go into much more detail other than to say we are static with our, our upgrade to lithium. Yeah. And I think in the long run, you know, we're going to get up to 10 times the life cycles of our previous batteries. Look at that as a price point. Mm. Well Amazing. and truly worth it. Yeah, so check that out. Very cool. Yeah, definitely worth um, looking at that review that Paul did. If you are considering lithiums at any point upgrading, Mm. um, well worth checking that out. All right. Uh, This week's takeaway, Mm. we always like to to bring you something that has really connected with us both and that we feel has either made a difference in our life and our lifestyle or could help other travellers out there. What's your takeaway this week? Yeah, look, it it goes back to our frontline staff and and Mm. I guess in particular – the Royal Flying Doctor Service, here we are, we're in this tiny town in Cossack. We're pretty remote. I mean, yes, we did have a hospital 10 minutes down the road, but Mm. we are still certainly a long way from major services. And Jasper cutting his head open, albeit while it was a very easy fix and, and he was happy and, you know, back in the sand not that long afterwards, it did get us thinking about 
being full-time travellers and mm-hmm. being on the road and visiting some of these remote places, especially over here in Western Australia where the distances between towns can be hundreds and hundreds of kilometres before mm-hmm. you even come across the next fuel station. And so it got us talking about what an incredible service the Royal Flying Doctors offer here in Australia. Mm. And look, we've said this time and time again, and we have had, I guess, the the pleasure of visiting the Royal Flying Doctors service when we were in Broken Hill in Outback New South Wales. They have a fantastic uh, interpretive centre there where you can go and do a tour and learn all about the service. Mm. And that really sparked in us an appreciation for these incredible people and what they do and that it is a free service to every Australian, no matter who you are or where you are. Remarkable. If you are somewhere remote and you need help, then you're going to hope that the Royal Flying Doctors are coming to you. And so I think the takeaway this week is is really just being aware of this incredible service and for us, we've been so inspired to to support that service because we are on the road full time and, you know, we've met people who have needed the services of the Royal Flying Doctors as well. Yeah, that's right. We visited Pinkalley Station, uh, I think the most remote outback station in northwest New South Wales, uh, not far from Cameron Corner to give you an idea mm-hmm. or Tibberborough. I mean, it it is actually the the furthest northwest station that you can find in New South Wales, and this lovely family uh, had brought their their girls up on this station and had used the royal uh, the royal doctors uh, flying doctor service as uh, school of the air mm-hmm. as well, which is another part of yeah. this incredible service. And very unfortunately, uh, have had a couple of near-death experiences through accidents of running a farm like this, a, a massive sheep station, where they've required this service and have literally saved their lives. Incredible. Mm. Absolutely incredible. So from our little head dunk, we, we really just, yeah, wanted to, again, share what an amazing service this is and encourage you if you are looking for a new charity to support or if you are travelling around and have the ability to visit one of the Royal Flying Doctors interpretive centres and go and learn about the work that they do, please do. This is an amazing service free to all Australians. Yeah, look, we aren't, aren't affiliated mm. with them in any, any way. Uh, we would love to be uh, because we, we do think they're an incredible Aussie uh, service, as you say. You can also jump online. I believe their website is flyingdoctors. Yeah, .org.au, I think. Thank you. And, I mean, another way to support them is just to buy some of their merch. Mm. I mean, you can get first aid kits, hats, shirts, you name it. Uh, Or as you said, visit one of their main centres. The two that I think are are really, or actually three that are outstanding would be Darwin, Mm. Alice Springs and Broken Hill. The Broken Hill Centre is awesome. You can actually get inside some of their older planes, Mm -hmm. walk into the massive hangar, the storytelling and the interpretation around the history of Reverend John Flynn is mm-hmm. outstanding. Yep, 
Absolutely amazing. So there you go, our takeaway. A little bit long-winded this episode, but definitely around the amazing frontline workers we have in this country who are out there basically keeping us travellers and the non-travellers safe in these remote parts of Australia. Fantastic. All right, let's move to newsroom for this week. The Australian Caravan Council, known as the ACCC, lots of acronyms in the industry, aren't there, uh, have just put out a press release around the upcoming school holidays, summer. It is the time for everyone to get out, particularly with borders reopening around Australia. It is going to boom. They're expecting, as we mentioned last week, 800,000 registered vehicles, caravans, camper trailers and the like to be on the road, which will equate to over 4 million road trips. Unbelievable and exciting for a lot of people who have been in lockdown for many, many months across this year. Mm -hmm. The reminder or the call to action that they are putting out to RVers in Australia is to Get your rig checked now. Some of these caravans, motorhomes, camper trailers will have been sitting in the driveway for the better part of the year. So Mm. it is a really important time to actually take it in for a service or do the checks yourself at home to make sure that you are keeping yourself and your family safe when you hit the road. Yes, look, in our show notes, we will include a couple of links. Uh, One is around what we refer to as the absolute tyre checks, the four C's of checking Mm. your tyres on your vehicles. There's a great link there to an episode that we did at Kings Canyon with uh, Adam Meredith a family that we were travelling with, a a guy who's a fiery and and some of the education that he gave us Mm -hmm. around making sure that your vehicle was safe, particularly around tyres. Because as he put it, most incidents that are traffic related will have something to do with the vehicle's condition and namely the tyre condition. Mm -hmm. Yeah, So simple checks and, and really simple ideas around keeping yourself safe there. The other thing that I thought we should mention is that as we've been travelling down the West Coast, literally from Darwin, we have tried to book our Toyota Hilux in for a service. We have had pretty well no luck the whole way down Mm -hmm. till we got to Perth and we were ringing ahead and they were three, four, five weeks out before they could see a vehicle. That is how busy it is. Mm. Uh, so I think now still having, you know, five weeks till Christmas, four and a half oh. weeks would be the time to to get in. Yeah, yeah. make that booking, whether you're, uh, you know, again, just a single vehicle or towing another vehicle, get your vehicles serviced and checked now. Yeah, absolutely. Really important with so many people going to be out on the road enjoying some more freedoms, which is so exciting too. And I I imagine such a a welcomed relief for everybody who has been in lockdowns this year. All right. We are going to wrap it up. Next week, we are excited to bring you Cape Range National Park. The Ningaloo Reef, it is a World Heritage listed area. It is truly breathtaking. It is, and there is going to be so much amazing content. We may need to split it over a couple of podcasts, (laughs) I think. I'll just talk quicker. (laughs) 
All right, for now, look after yourself, look after your family. Dream big and happy trails. Feel the joy.